0: and ladies and gentlemen it's now time for your main event in this corner from parts unknown coming in at a combined weight of 532 pounds the jay brone express and in this corner utilizing the free bird rules your tag team champions of the world at a combined weight of 832 pounds in Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Brothers and K-Fabe podcast. I'm Jake, one of your three brothers in k Although we're being brothers as a work, we're basically shoe brothers at this point. To my right, the newcomer to the territory, Mr. Triple J, Jimmy Jackson. What's going on? Man, I just want to start this week with uh, just one...
1: I am doing fantastic. I'm having a great week so far, and uh, I actually got some good wrestling in, um, but we can get more into that. Uh, I'm just, I'm I'm glad to be here. I'm doing
0: well. The, the real question is, did you do your homework this week? Um, the answer to that question is yes. Okay, fantastic. We can go on to the left. The man that used to have a beard and a full head of hair and also has more wrestling knowledge than he does have hair. That's Mr. Raslin Landon Bumgarner. What's up, dude?
2: What's up, guys? Hey, hey. I I got to... I'm not going to woo, uh, but I got to say, what a great week this has been. Uh, I've got some exciting news. You guys know about it, but I don't know if I'm allowed to publicly uh, state it yet. Uh, let's just say, allegedly... Uh, I've been doing some work, uh, with a highly respected, uh, wrestling interviewer slash podcaster, uh, slash standout guy. That's what I'm I'll talking. Leave about. Leave
0: it at that. Well, we can talk. We can talk. Get us on the podcast, bro. Honestly. get us on his podcast,
2: brother. If I can, I will.
0: It's a it's a work <laughs> in progress. You have to work towards it. You know,
2: brother. Well, you know, with all the work.
0: Well, you know it's. It is all a work. It is all a work. you got to put in the work to to make a work, if that makes any sense.
2: It totally does.
1: If if I've learned one thing in my short time watching wrestling, it's everything is a
0: work. Everything is a work. That should lead us into uh, one of my discussion points here in a second. But uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on uh, your old BlackBerry phone that you might have in your drawer. I think we even can be listened to on an old na- Nokia. You know the ones that you change the face plates. So you know. I will say, go listen I to us, out, guys.
2: I reached out to our old pal Vern Simmons this week. Oh my gosh, he how's he doing? Me, uh, he could be doing better. Uh, him and Keel are having a hard time. Uh, good old Kinzer, the infamous one. Having a hard time uh, with his quarantine. I feel like... Uh, he, I was just
1: going to say, I feel like Vern is the most susceptible to coronavirus out of anyone I know. A- I think a- so, too.
2: According to Kinzer, he's had it at least seven or eight times oh, back to back. Oh, my gosh. Because uh, Kinzer had to use all of his money to uh, pay for all of Vern's masks, and they got lost in the mail, so now they're using Vern's credit card. But Vern did... Notify me, uh, through a very broken tweet that he has been listening to us over ham radio, and I don't like I, d- I don't think that's even possible. Um, but somehow he has been.
0: I have been, you know, broadcasting over a uh, old AM <laughs> just on radio. the open airwaves, baby. Just, just I just put it out, it out there. Just sending and, it out. You know, I'm I'm sending it into space. I'm trying to, you know. I, if if there are aliens out there, i want them to hear brothers and k podcast. so you know, that might be on me. i love it. but uh guys, like we're a little late on actually recording this week, but you know. well, it, life has it, happened around here. it has. and uh what's been going on? what what what's what's the scoop? the big uh wrestling scoop from th- from you guys. well, i
1: i'll i'll go ahead and start if you don't mind, landon. um Go for it. I got a couple things. Uh one is I watched I watched some WWE this week. I watched NXT, um, which basically nothing exciting happened. I don't know. <laughs> Except for I will say, uh, Dexter Loomis, who is one of my favorite wrestlers, he came out as the surprise tag partner of Velveteen Dream. Um and uh destroyed the Undisputed Era, which made me very happy, because if they're going to start pushing Dexter Loomis, I'm going to start getting really happy and excited about that. Um, the other thing I want to say is, did either one of you watch the Triple H 25th anniversary celebration on SmackDown?
0: I did not.
2: I watched some bits and pieces here and there. Okay,
1: Vince McMahon gives a speech and I legitimately, like, I've always thought that man is out of his his mind, but... Um, oh, totally. No, this speech he gives, literally at the end of it, Kaylee turns to me and says, What was that? What in the heck was that? Because it's gibberish, and he basically, like, the whole gag was, like, um, Vince saying... <laughs> he basically was saying, like, uh Triple H and Sean um aren't funny and they haven't drawn anything in their entire lives and to shut the lights off and then he awkwardly walks like I'm talking like 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 after that promo with Edge where he like awkwardly walks um away Do or die Exactly he walks backstage Some more David Lynch Vince McMahon dude yes he walks backstage like that. And then they literally shut the lights off in the uh, performance center, and that's the end of the show. Made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have to watch I'm gonna it. I'm going to have to go watch this. It's incredible. I mean, it's so bad. It it. They, like, FaceTime Ric Flair, and, like, they do a bit where Ric Flair's like, so touched by Triple H that he starts crying. And, like, I don't even know. I did, it, it's just bizarre. I
0: did see one part of that. I did see uh, Triple H trying to hug Shawn Michaels, and Shawn yeah. literally pushes him away and goes, hey, social distancing. I well, love you.
1: Well, Don't touch. The best part about that <laughs> is that he he says, Shawn, right before that says, and if you're not down with that, we got two words for you, and Triple H hugs okay. him. Uh, and the whole gag was that
2: the two words were social distancing.
0: I love it. Yeah. I love that. I will say,
2: I liked... Uh, one of my favorite clips I saw was Triple H going to do his patented water stand. <laughs> yeah, stint. dude. Yes. Uh, and then the the tech guy just walks by and just snags the water bottle from him while he's got the mask on.
0: It's so, yeah, and he gives that like, "What just happened?" Look, yeah,
2: like it's so good. Okay, I and
1: and so that was weird. I I did watch something that we should talk about. I watched one older match from the Attitude era. Okay um as you guys know i've been like ripping some dvds um and just sort of like
2: allegedly allegedly
0: allegedly i own what what is ripping i don't know I, what uh, is I, ripping? I own physical We're, copies so it's we don't it's
1: not, we don't know it's not illegal i own the physical copies it's fine um so i've been taking these things and as i've been like ripping them i've kind of been watching through some things that i have and there's one match it's it's on a rock dvd it's it's The Rock versus Kane on Raw in nineteen ninety eight. And Kay. it's it's September 14th, nineteen ninety eight, if anyone wants to go look it up on the network. It's I think I made Landon watch this match like a a year ago or something. It's it's really, really good. And it also sort of combines the fact that Undertaker and Mankind come in at the end of the match to interfere. Um so you have the Rock, Kane, Undertaker and Mankind all in the same segment. And it's it's very good. And it just made me think like how crazy it is that there was a time in r- and I know like people who have watched um people who have watched wrestling sort of uh you know it's not too far off for them, but for someone who didn't grow up in the, in the attitude era, like watching that stuff, watching those four heavyweights in the ring together is pretty insane. And it just feels like, are we ever going to see a time when there's that many stars that are that over in one company? And again, I hate to be that guy, but the thing that comes to my mind is AEW. It's like having the elite, but at least in WWE I just don't know if you're ever going to have that many people who are that over like that who are that main
0: card and that oh. like over on that topic did y'all hear the rumor that WWE is about to be sold to Disney no to right? ESPN
1: to ESPN well I saw the tweet from uh Dirty Dutch
0: yeah Which I have no idea if that is true or not, right? Like, that can't be. It can't be, but it sounds right. Like, they were trying to sell their pay-per-view rights earlier this year to ESPN and Fox, and now there's a rumor that ESPN and Fox are both bidding to actually buy the company. Like...
1: I mean, that would be... So...
0: that, That would be insane, right? If that happens, like... Vince McMahon isn't gonna be the person making those decisions well so yeah,
2: it gets that's what uh my roommate and I were talking about this last night it's interesting I am gonna lean on uh the side of caution right uh because I think if it's gonna happen it'll be one of those things where it just comes out of nowhere right and it's like breaking news like the wwe's been Sold. But it makes you wonder, especially, you know, with an ESPN or Fox or super, especially with Disney, you got to wonder what their corporate takeover looks like to where it's like, because we've seen, especially with Disney, it's like, hey, we're going to sell you all the rights and everything like you own it, but we still get creative input. And it's like, as soon as they take over, it's like, psych, you actually don't. Right. So it makes me wonder, like. Uh, and the WWE does a lot of good, but it's like, why does a pro wrestling company or sports entertainment company have a philanthropy department? Right. And so it makes me wonder like, oh, like, cool. It's already, I think the main reason WWE has been so bad, uh, the past couple of years is because of corporate pressure. Yes. And so I'm terrified. I like, Obviously, WWE's not that good right now. There's some highlights here and there, but it's like, yeah, I I'm terrified of the day that they do sell because I don't want more of a corporate takeover. If that makes sense, what do you guys think?
0: Well, my thought on it is, you have guys that are waiting in the wings, like could be huge mega stars, and if ESPN or Fox or whoever buys. They're going to do what's going to make them the most money. So to them, they're going to go hire somebody, at least in my mind, that knows wrestling, that knows what they're doing as far as booking talent, and they're going to go, okay, go make stars that we can, you know, have on lunchboxes and T-shirts and, you know, especially Disney. Go make stars. Like, we don't want, you know... A million people watching the show we need huge 90s numbers again so I mean that's where I think would go I don't think anybody's gonna buy WWE and let it be more of the same that's going on right now what do you think Jimmy
1: man I'm of two minds one is I mean, what is the thing that everyone's... All, not everyone, but, like, that at least we always say to each other, right? Like, WWE is not going to change unless Mr. Vince McMahon gets out of the way, right? Right. And so part of me is like, this w- this might be great. This might put, that si- put it in a situation where it's not going to be um, such a big deal, or it's not going to be, like, all Vince McMahon making the decision. Right. The other part of me thinks it's a tragedy... If Vince McMahon wasn't booking wrestling, like there's part of me that just like, I don't know. I don't know. And maybe, maybe I'm in the like minority there, but I think at least with Vince booking wrestling right now, I have hope that someday Triple H will take over.
2: And you know what I would love? I would love if WWE were to, and I could see this happening, like Vince being the evil genius he is. Hear me out on this. I would love to see WWE sold to Fox or ESPN. And somewhere in that agreement is Shane McMahon essentially takes over the Vince McMahon role behind scenes. (laughs) And all of a sudden, like, Shane's the one... Booking like Shane like we don't necessarily need him on TV, but like have Shane like continuing that legacy and it's like, hey, like Shane watching WrestleMania eight, uh, like I talked about a couple of weeks ago, there's a part where Shane McMahon comes out and he's trying to like calm talent down as it's going. It's like you have a guy who has been working behind the scenes since the er er since the late 80s early 90s yeah like and has been with wwe through their peak versus like triple h and stephanie really didn't come into power until the end of the attitude era and so it just makes me wonder like what would a wwe led by shane versus a triple h and a stephanie look like
0: i'd love to see it but it's never going to happen that's I how mean, I feel. Vince is never, never going to love his son as much as he loves his daughter. As much as he loves his, his son-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Triple H. That's my real son. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why Shane. Shane, Shane go <laughs> jump off of a helicopter. <laughs> we'll to see say. if you can earn my love that way.
1: That's why Shane has to jump off things to prove his love to daddy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes to the back and he goes, Dad, how did, how how do you feel about that? Mm. Weak. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, but anyway. I, I think, I, I. like I said, I think it, it could be really interesting if someone bought, bought the WWE. I yeah. am slightly, aff- like, what does it mean for... What does it mean for wrestling going forward? I mean, if someone were to buy the WWE, what ramifications could that have to the wrestling industry as a whole? I mean... Disney is no, and I mean ESPN owned by Disney. I mean they're no stranger to global, you know, sort of domination. To use lack of a better word, I mean, d- d- is it does it become much much easier to all of a sudden envision NXT Japan and, and, and NXT India, yeah, and, and in NXT China, and and you start to lose. I mean, I, I heard a thing. The other day, and maybe this was like a few months old or whatever, but I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about there's a rumor going around that WWE was going to buy All Japan. And it's like, that's cool, but also it breaks my heart to think that a company called All Japan Pro Wrestling wouldn't be on this planet anymore. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I I just don't, like, what does that, I mean, what does that look like? I mean, does it mean that we get a, you know, WWE world where we, there's an amusement park for us to go to? Because (laughs) if there is. They tried to. They did. Oh no! Because I they tried to. I'd go do that in a heartbeat. That'd be fantastic. But
0: they tried to in the ruthless aggression era. Oh I my think. Gosh,
2: dude, give me Hard Rock Cafe, formerly known as WWF New hey, York.
1: I was standing in that building at the end of December, sir. And there's <laughs> not a dang sign of WWE New York.
0: Well, it's heartbreaking. The good, the good thing about like if so let's say ESPN buys WWE then WWE goes and buys New All Japan like you said the, the great thing about that it sucks that All Japan disappears they might keep the name being that it's not Vince making that decision then they've got two brands that they can market but the best thing that comes out of that is the video library is all of a sudden available I mean I'm I'm not mad about that. If you put up all Japan stuff on the network, I'd be happy.
2: You'll well it's you'll like see, a couple go ahead.
0: You'll see all Japan on the network just like you would see WCCW and Mid-South and all these other territories. Yeah. Go ahead, Landon.
2: Yeah, it's like a couple of years ago when there were all the super ramped up uh rumors about, you know, some possible new tiers coming to the network and one of it was like what if we offered ring of honors tape library and if we you know had evolved or if we had uh impact on there and it's like it's one of those things like it's sad to see other companies eaten up just because there's less opportunity for uh talent to be developed in a non-wwe nxt mold but then, at the same time, as a selfish consumer, it's like, dude, you know, for ten bucks, if you tell me now, I can go back and watch Impact when they were good. I will absolutely go back and right watch that. If I get to watch uh, my boy Sting and Abyss and a raise the casket to the ceiling match, absolutely.
1: You're definitely not wrong. I, I'm just. I, I guess. I guess I'm just a little. It feels like it it feels like I mean, maybe it would feel like the absolute it would be our like version of the territory's dying is like WWE being bought right. and McMahon's not yeah. in power. It,
2: it's too corporate feeling. It
1: just doesn't for it doesn't me. feel right. It just feels like, you know, WWE presented by Disney, you know, Frozen Three. WrestleMania right. presented by Frozen Three is just like there's something there's <laughs> something weird about this, like I don't know but it is so it is but, interesting
0: the last point I'm going to make about like because they'll do obviously do it under the ESPN brand or you know whatever um, but if Fox or ESPN and we're talking about Fox Fox we're not talking about Disney Fox if they buy WWE or any wrestling company for that matter they're going to present it as sport it's not going to be sports entertainment anymore It'll be more presented like New Japan Pro Wrestling where it is a sport because they don't want, you know, miscarriages and, you know, stupid storylines. They want sport, which I'm totally into, but,
2: I, and I'll say, I think, go I was
1: going to say, I think my fear is, could you do a sport version of WWE and still keep the people that I want to see?
2: That's that's the tough thing. And I think Fox uh, running Smackdown, well, not running Smackdown, but having a lot of say in Smackdown has been a good example. I think that's why since they moved to Fox, Smackdown's been far superior to Raw Uh, and they've done it well to where like they're highlighting their strengths a lot more and hiding Mm -hmm. their weaknesses a lot more, which is good. And you bring up a great point jimmy i love the idea of it being referred to as pro wrestling and presented as that way uh right. like one of the best things i've ever heard is about wrestling post kayfabe being broken shout out to Sheiky baby and hexaw is just this <laughs> idea of we don't have to tell people it's real but we sure don't have to tell people it's fake totally like you know right. like don't Don't, like, openly break it on air. Uh, Right. Because here's the thing. With reaching masses, I don't think pro wrestling, since kayfabe's been broken, will ever reach the masses like that again. Uh, Versus uh, love them or hate them. Like, Vince Russo, he said, like, I'm not writing a wrestling show. I'm writing a TV show. And there's merit in that. Obviously, not everything under that umbrella is going to be 100 percent same way not everything under a fully like pro wrestling like real sports show is going to be like the f- thing where like AEW started out with hey like all of our wins and losses are going to matter but it's like that's already been flubbed up in the first year to where it's like well what about this well that's that one didn't count, or, well, this one didn't count because it wasn't on right. AEW TV, it was on a pay-per-view, or it was on After Dark. So I think Fox has done a good job of balancing that because there's those those larger-than-life characters are always what's going to bring in your money at the end of the day. I always kind <clears> of <throat> I harp on it, you know, when it comes to Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair, within the wrestling community everyone's always like oh rick flair's number one but you ask a wrestler you ask a person who knows what wrestling is but maybe isn't a diehard fan they're always going to go with hogan because of that mainstream appeal does that make sense totally yeah and so i think like there's a great balance to where like hogan put on great matches like my favorite match ever like hogan versus the rock like there's great athleticism in there, but it's, like, the storytelling is, like, why do I want to pay 60 bucks to watch a pay-per-view? Right. Because I know Rock Hogan's going to be something amazing versus, like, man, like, I'd rather, like, this match will be good, but I'm probably just going to wait till someone uploads it onto YouTube.
1: Totally, and I think that's, I think... The the positive through all of this is if it was presented more as sport, you could have sort of those longer story elements because, like you said, we don't know yeah. that um, – we all know that kfave's broken, whatever. Um, but, like, for instance, in, in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, I don't know if in real life Minoru Suzuki is a nice person, but I don't ever want to meet him to find out because he's terrifying.
2: Exactly. Right. And so
1: it's like that's not something that's like shoved down your throat, but it's something that when you watch him. And so then when I know when I see someone who is a loose cannon like John Moxley is going to fight Minoru Suzuki, literally the entire story is right there, which is John Moxley's insane, Minoru Suzuki is the scariest person I've ever seen in my entire life. Exactly. Who knows what could happen? And
0: that is the thing that I think WWE is missing. Here here is your booking strategy. Do y'all remember when Pacquiao fought Conor McGregor?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It was the most viewed thing in years. There's your booking. You have this guy. He's a star. Here's this guy. He's a star. They're undefeated in their, you know, this guy may be a tag team wrestler but this guy's a world champion. Let's fight.
1: Totally, and I'm I I think that goes back to what I was saying about like, in the Attitude area, you have all these dudes on top, so d- if if The Rock was fighting Kane, it's like, you just know that's going to be a good match. Um, right. My worry is, has the ship sailed on Building Stars? Like, we would have to start from square one. Like, you would have to have a, quote-unquote, Young Lion program in, in, the, in WWE. Right. And some of the people on top right now are, just maybe aren't viable, but yet you still have... I've always said it. I love... I love Brock Lesnar as much as I hate to admit it, but you give me give me something with Lesnar
2: that I care about right exactly. Yeah. It's like if you're gonna and <laughs> I heard a really good point the other day stars uh what was it? it was like young stars don't draw established stars do yeah, and I think that's where w w e has been for a long time and that's why they you have to keep bringing in the goldbergs and the undertakers and the brock Lesnars because no one on their roster except i think roman would be the closest at this point He's no one has established yeah no one has the ability to do that and that's a shame it started with cena to where you really only had one top guy instead of hey like half our roster is totally well and it also
1: goes back to the Firefly Funhouse match which was super introspective in that case where it was literally Bray Wyatt saying I could have been a huge star if you would have let me but you were so concerned with being on top that you wouldn't let anyone else close to you and look what it's it's created a vacuum I mean John Cena's gone and we have a vacuum like I mean there, there literally is like who's the top guy in WWE right now like Roman can't even be mentioned on TV like AJ Styles was probably the closest you had for a while because he was champion and was such a good champion because he knew how to do it but now it's like okay so Drew is a new star which I like Drew a lot at this point I used to not be a fan but I am a fan and I love Drew. Yeah, and, and so you have him and you have um I don't even know who the other champion is. That's how bad it is. Like Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Exactly. Like I like Braun Strowman, but you've told me for I mean at least since I've been watching it, I know since longer that Braun Strowman is a big dude who loses matches. Exactly. Yeah. That's the st- He's the new Bray
2: Wyatt. That's the story. They've you've made told him
1: me. not matter. Exactly. And that's the thing is like every time WWE decides to book something they're like, "What's the thing that people want to see?" Oh, oh, Goldberg versus the Fiend, without thinking. Well, we can't have Goldberg lose because it's probably in his contract that he can't lose at this thing. So, and then you you can't have the Fiend lose. So what do you do? You book yourself in a corner. That's how you get Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt at Hell in a Cell, and right. I'm getting fired up because it's just it's annoying. Like it's just <laughs> it's really wearing down. Where it's like that's why I love the interim uh, cruiserweight. Uh, tournament because it's round robin it's like you're able to tell stories through that and a loss doesn't necessarily matter
2: yeah the natural storytelling is there and you look at the history of pro wrestling the biggest angles are all real life simple things amplified stone cold versus the rock seeing which one's the better of the two because they both think they're the very best in the world so they clash
0: here's your amplified real world deal that is still talked
2: to today. Pillman's got a gun. <laughs> yeah. Dude, hey, I'm just saying Stone Cold showing up to Pillman's house and wrecking guys inside of a kiddie pool and then walking in and they cut the camera like he, corporate sponsors would never let no. anything and they, they and I happen. feel like they've
1: tried like re- when I first started wrestling was the Samoa Joe AJ Styles feud where Samoa Joe was like, I'm going to your house AJ. Um, but like, they've tried to do that thing over and over again, and it just doesn't, doesn't pack the same punch. I think, I, s- I don't know, I, I feel like, like for instance, in AW, I know I'm a mark for AW, but I'm not going to stop, so people get over it. Um, Like, Moxley's whole deal was, like, they stabbed him in the eye, right? And he, right. And he got to wear a really cool eye patch for a while. See, to me, it's like, why do you want to fight Chris Jericho? Well for the title one, yes, but also because I got stabbed in the eye. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's real-world yeah, stakes I there. I don't ha- I don't have to have a thing where it's like, "Oh my gosh, whose kid is it? Rey Mysterio or Eddie Guerrero," which is not bad, but I'm just saying like it starts to get so convoluted and messy that you start to lose it's muddy, you start to lose simplicity, which is I got stabbed right. in the eye and I want to beat this dude up for it. It's like, yeah, yeah.
2: if I got stabbed in the eye, I don't want to beat someone up with, for it too. Like, It goes to like so what we were talking about last week to where it's like how few real heels there are. It's like, give me back the days where grandmas were cussing in front of their kids because of the heel in the ring who co- just exactly. called them dude. a dirtbag yeah. or old. One thing I love uh, is I, I heard... Uh, me and my roommate, we were talking about this, is this idea of are there too many, and the thing about WWE's creative is no one will ever really know what's going on except for those that interact with it to where it's like, okay, is is Vince in full control? Does he have final say? How much say does Triple H and Stephanie have? Why are there eight to ten writers at a time? And most of them, if you look at the WWE corporate website, you don't have to have any experience with wrestling. All it says no. is, like, hey, like you have to have five to seven years of writing for network TV. And it's like, right. I understand the creativity side, but it's like, I'm not going to tell someone who doesn't know how to promote music to uh, promote music for me. The same way, you're not gonna... <clears throat> we're not gonna bring someone who doesn't know a thing about Star Wars to write for Star Wars. Or someone right. who knows, like, comic books not to write for comic books. Like, it it doesn't make sense. But for some reason, in WWE, that's absolutely, totally...
0: They, they hire soap writers. Like... It it makes no sense, but I mean, we've been on this tangent, and Jimmy still has some more wrestling that he watched this week that I know he wanted to talk about. So well,
1: yeah, we can talk about that. At, at Let, eight. Let's get back on okay, track. Okay, I'm just bit. saying WWE bought by a corporation. I'm interested to see where it would go. I'm not convinced that it's going to happen though. Me too. Okay. Me too. Okay, so I did my homework that I was tasked with. I watched. Um, John Cena versus Rob Van Dam at One Night Stand 2006.
2: I've got this feeling deep inside.
1: <laughs> so. One of a kind! <laughs> so, so okay, I have a few things to say. First, about the room. I've never seen a room that's that hot. Hmm. Landon's just. Landon's <laughs> holding up the DVD to the screen right now. Yeah, I love it. Okay. I've never seen a room that that's hot in the history of any wrestling I've ever watched. It was absolutely bonkers. Um, I didn't watch the whole pay-per-view. I just watched that match because that's what I had time for this week. Um, But, yeah. I, oh, gosh, okay. Room was hot. The entrances both were fantastic. Cena's walking in just with the belt held above his head like, He's ready for war, and that's amazing. Like, really convincing where he's like he doesn't want to be here, but he knows he has just has to get in there and do what's done. RVD was just completely over the moon, ecstatic to be there for ECW. Like, right. A- and I'll go ahead and say like at the end of the match when Haven comes in to count, like nothing made me happier. Like. Watching him with this, perfect. He, like, runs and he's, like, Rob! And he just starts, like, counting. I was, like, yes. Yes. Okay. The crowd was on fire. They hated Cena. The whole gag where they were throwing his shirt back into the ring. Oh, man. Beautiful. Because I put myself in that situation, and I literally was, like, I'd keep that shirt. But I think... <laughs> you, If you were in that room... I think room, if I was in that room... You do not keep I that think shirt. If I was in the, you're going to get shit. I would have died. Exactly. And so... That was the, like, fun part. Okay. The chants were out of control, obviously. I loved it. Um, The match itself, this was something that I I wanted to talk about. I thought it was a fantastic match. I've always liked RVD, everything I've seen from him. John Cena is one of those guys that I don't know a whole lot about, in particular, like, his wrestling career. Um, But watching this match made me realize, like, is John Cena, like, actually, like, a pretty decent wrestler?
0: Yeah, he is.
2: Okay. Yeah. He is. He just he's in the Hogan spot to where he knows he doesn't need it. Yeah.
0: And the problem was his finish is the same every time. It's right. It's off the ropes, uh, into a into a forearm, five knuckle shuffle, guy comes up, fireman carry, slam, that's it. One, two, yeah. three.
1: I mean I have to say watching this match I really enjoyed watching both of those guys wrestle. And I can uh, you know thinking about you know how it actually w- the business actually works like I wonder if RVD and Cena had a fun time doing that match. I have to imagine they did and I have to imagine Cena probably I I would think really enjoyed the role he played. I mean he was definitely the heel that night. Um and that's not something that he did a lot of, you know, or has done a lot of. Obviously, he did, no. like, you know, the Doctor of Thegonomics thing, but I think I have to imagine Cena had a lot of fun doing that. And I, r- just from the match perspective alone, I really, really enjoyed it. It was such a fantastic match, and it is such a fantastic showing of of John Cena being able to just, like, be this person that everybody hates. And I wish... Right I wish that we could get that Hogan NWO moment. I wish we could get that with John Cena. If for some reason if John Cena went to AEW and they recreated something along those lines, I just think that would be really cool. Not necessarily an AEW, yeah. but that whole sentiment. Or if he went, you know if he came back to WWE and was like, you know, hey I'm gonna wrestle more full time and then turned heel or something. Like I, I would just I think it would be amazing.
2: Yeah. What I love is just like Jake pointed this out last week, is just how unique and how hot that crowd is. The storytelling is perfect. So the build up for that, it's all on YouTube. You need to watch it uh, if you haven't seen it. It starts off, RVD wins the money yeah. in the bank at WrestleMania. Calls or walks out to John Cena, who's in the ring, like get ready to leave at the close of Raw. And comes out and says, hey, I'm going to cash your money in the bank. And Cena's like, oh, like, you're going to do this right now. He says, no, I'm going to do it on my terms in my own house, on my own rules. And they use that to announce, like, ECW one-night stand coming. And so there's this buildup of, like, RVD like, hey, like, be clear, like, going into this, Cena, like, you are n- enemy number one. Like, everyone's going to be against you. Yep. and i wrote a paper about this next part <laughs> in high school we had to it was like one of the like end of instruction uh things where it's like write 5 to 7 pages about courage and so i wrote about <laughs> <laughs> me being a mark <laughs> i wrote about john cena at the contract signing uh with rvd uh where he's like in the ring and they're going back and forth and Paul Heyman says like hey John like we brought you a little taste of ECW and all of a sudden all these ECW legends start like pouring down like walking down through the crowd into the ring and they surround him and Cena's like well like if I'm going down I'm going down fighting and starts like swinging at RVD and so it's like having just that natural storytelling of like he knows he's going like you said Jimmy like he's going to battle he's going to war and it's, like, it's the simple things of that is, like, hey, like, I don't like you. I'm going to take your title. And, like, if you want to keep it good, but, like, the deck's completely stacked against and you. And I think...
1: Good luck. Exactly. And I think it really, it goes to show that, like, um, like an unclean finish, right? Like, obviously, there were some uh, shenanigans that happened. Like, it didn't make Cena look weak, it, 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 you still like, and, and that's the thing is like, you have, like, for instance, Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar at Mania last year, and it's like, okay, he hit him with a low blow. Of course he's going to win, you know? And then you're just like, okay, well, cool. Like, that's how you beat Brock Lesnar or whatever. Like, no big deal. But with this, it felt like, okay, we, we want RVD to win the belt. We want Cena to feel strong. How do we do it? And, or or even, you know, going to the Hell in a Cell, Seth Rollins, Bray Wyatt. Like, they tried to do a similar thing and it backfired. And I think this was a great way to do that. Like, you had the moment of RVD winning the belt. But no one could ever say that John Cena uh, was weak. Or that he, um, like, didn't do everything he could. And, like, he was not a loser walking out of that. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Right. They had it set up to where boom, now we have a reason for you to tune into Raw and then for the debut episode of ECW. Because what they did is like, okay, like we have RVD's homecoming, and then the we're not going to say his name because for people who haven't watched the match, you need to. The mystery assailant uh, who causes the end of that match comes out on ECW and then, well, crap, all of a sudden here's John Cena like walking through the crowd and like jumping. And it's like, the the thing about wrestling is like what is my reason to watch week to week because if it's just like oh there might be like a cool moment that make a really good like wrestling gif slash gif like cool but it's like what's the thing it's like man like sorry i can't hang out tomorrow i gotta watch raw totally
0: and it built that new feud and got john cena away from rvd at the same time
1: yeah Exactly. Well, and it makes me like it legitimately makes me not only want to watch the whole pay-per-view but also to watch WWE CW. Like I want to go watch episode 1 of that and just see how that all plays out. But
2: I I just I just go ahead. I was just
1: going to say yeah, I it just makes me want to it just makes me want to see how that all plays out. Um but yeah. Um well that's that's what I watched this week. Uh Jake, what did what did you watch this week?
0: Um, I didn't watch a lot of wrestling. I didn't. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be completely honest. I watched a little bit of ROH. Nothing wrong with that. Um something they put up. They did they did they put up uh, Adam Cole versus uh chris hero for the strap in a ring masters challenge match have y'all ever heard of one of these no okay i know landon landon's nodding at me he knows what it is so for those that don't know a ring masters challenge is technically three matches in one and it was made by jim Cornette upon my uh looking it up. Of course up. it is, because that's that's so, not
1: killing the business, but jumping off the top rope is.
0: Well, so, there are two falls to start the match. The first fall, you have to pin your opponent. The second fall, you have to submit your opponent. Okay. Okay? And it works like an Iron Man match at this point. So, you have your first fall. Okay, Adam Cole scores the first fall. Chris Hero scores the second fall. So once you get to those two first falls, if necessary, it goes into a 15-minute Iron Man match. So now it's just like, how many falls can we score in these last 15 minutes? I haven't finished it yet, but I do know that, um, which is great, Chris Hero gets... A quick pin on uh, Adam Cole. Adam Cole then gets disqualified. For another fall in the Iron Man match. He lays him out with a foreign object. I think it was with the title. And they're like what are you doing Adam? Like you just disqualified yourself. But the match keeps on going because it's Iron Man. And that's when that like chicken crap smile comes on adam cole's face he's one of the people that can do it the mo the best and he immediately scores two quick pins on an incapacitated chris hero oh my gosh because chris hero's just laid out on the mat and it's like okay so we're tied up now we see what he's doing he's knocked him out with the foreign object and like the psychology of that amazed me blew my mind when i watched it
2: i was like it was like watching wrestling for the first time again dude i gotta say that like i love that and i hate that they don't use that more often because right. when i play wrestling video games and i do an iron man match that's what i do i take take always take the dq and then get those quick 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 pins because it doesn't matter how you get a win it's right just the matter all you gotta you do is got get one. pins
0: right so, um, I watched AEW for the first time. Shout out! Got my got cable for the first time in my adult Dude, life. Congrats! So, uh, I I'm now DVRing uh, AEW. I haven't watched this week's, but I watched last week's. And I haven't watched
2: last week's, but I heard it was pretty good.
0: It was good. I mean, Dustin Runnels is one of the best workers in the on the planet right now. It's amazing how he is like a fine wine has become so much better in age and like he's at the top of his game and he was in a retirement match. Like what is going on? He uh, what did I hear uh he is the same age that Dusty was when he took over WCW booking. Right. And it's crazy because they look just alike. It's freaky. You know, like if if you added I don't know how many pounds to <laughs> Dustin, Enough. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make a guess. He would look just like Dusty totally. Rhodes. Like it's creepy. But uh, you know, that was that was some of the wrestling I watched. AEW is great. Um but for some reason my entire week revolved around the Montreal screw job in some way. Like I was listening to podcasts, and all of a sudden I hear about Montreal. I'm watching YouTube, and all of a sudden there's this these videos about Montreal. So I've got to ask y'all, after hearing certain things, do you think the screw job was all orchestrated by Bret Hart to make him look like the ultimate baby face? Yes. I... landed. what? Yeah.
2: I'm gonna. I'm. I'm still gonna say, no, and I'll explain okay. that in a little while. Okay, go ahead. Can Jimmy. I just say real quick? I just saw.
1: Um, there's been another release from WWE. Curtis Curtis yeah. Axel. I just saw that. R.I.P. Yeah. R. Um. Anyway, sorry. Back to. Uh, here's what I think. I think that Brett wanted to stay at WWE. I right. think that they. F- into that deal. Everything was going to be great. I think Vince wanted Brett to stay at WWE. And I think the numbers just didn't work. And right. so he said, you know what? We tried. I'm sorry. But on your way out of here, let's do this thing. And I think the only people who know in this entire world are Brett Hart and Vince McMahon. I don't think Sean knew. I don't think Brett's wife knew. I don't think anyone knew. I think that that they completely orchestrated it, and Vince made it very clear that like whatever, like because here's here's my point. Here's my point. If it wasn't a work, if it was a shoot. Why did the camera stay on Brett when he was spelling out WCW? Brett. Why did the camera zoom in on the so, loogie on Vince McMahon's face?
0: I don't know. This is the, and that's my thought is I think he wanted a certain dollar. Vince was like, I can't give you that money. And both of them were like, I want to stay. I want you to stay here. I want, I want to stay here, you know, that whole deal. I think what the idea was, they create their new top heel, Vince McMahon. They create the most over babyface in wrestling. And he goes, okay, Brett, we're going to do this. And it's going to be the talk of the wrestling community for years. Go to WCW. He only had like a two or three year contract. With WCW go to WCW make your money and when you come back you are going to be it's going to be the biggest pop you've ever heard because Vince had no reason to believe that WCW was going to treat Brett as bad as he did. Oh
1: the biggest travesty of it all is that they jobbed Brett out basically.
0: Right, and kept him off TV for months before they actually debuted him and then made him a special referee for his debut. Yeah. Terrible. So, I that's what, what I personally think now because, like, it just makes sense to me and I don't believe anything in wrestling is a shoot. <laughs> like, anymore, it's just the more and more I'm like, no, they're just working us, like... Maybe that's just me being a mark for the stuff and, and constantly knowing that like what I see on TV is a work. But I, I wanna hear I wanna hear Landon now defend yeah, I do too. Montreal.
2: So you guys brought up some excellent points. One of them, uh that you spe- you guys both specifically said, uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna spin it the way I see it. Cause it's uh, I don't care who you are, Bret Hart's time in WCW was an utter, complete waste of time. It was a disaster. I would love to see anyone try and argue that. And it's like you said, they had the potential to have the biggest baby face in wrestling at that time. And it's like, bring him in, he wins the belt from Hollywood Hulk Hogan, the biggest heel at the time. Except for Mr. McMahon. He comes in, does absolutely nothing, becomes the special guest referee, and then just flops around in mediocre fashion. Eventually wins the title. By that point, who cares about the WCW world title? Right. And then eventually gets the career-ending concussion and stroke. And then he's gone, and it's like, well, cool, Uh Well, I guess Bret Hart's career really ended after the Montreal Screwjob because he didn't do anything memorable in WCW. So after watching, if you haven't, you need to watch uh, Beyond the Mat and Wrestling with Shadows. Yes. Now, the suspicious thing about Wrestling with Shadows is like, how crazy is it that Bret Hart happens to have a documentary crew filming everything in his career, including the screw job? Exactly. Yeah, there's, there's some fishy reactions. Uh, I love that you get to see Vince McMahon stumbling down the hallway already with a black eye and with a broken ankle.
0: And selling.
2: And selling just super hard. Uh,. But one of the things I think about with Brett riding WCW in the air and him spitting on Vince is Vince isn't afraid of, like, getting egg on his face, so to speak. Right. And so, like, the fact, you know, the insane fact that Vince doesn't want anyone to mention you in his, or to mention him in your Hall of Fame speech, like, Vince McMahon doesn't exist when you're entering the Hall of Fame. And so I think there's a part of there's a part of me that definitely thinks like, oh like he knew there was probably going to be a heated reaction, but they had a plan for how they were going to handle it with like, well, hey, like Bret Hart's dead to us, like we're going to like Vince is going to volunteer to take the entire heat so the company doesn't take heat. Yeah. and i could easily see vince in that timeline there's no way they would ever do it post 2003 uh but back then in the heat of the attitude era i can definitely see vince saying like hey like no matter what happens we are on pay-per-view film it like right. if a shoot like if a shoot fight breaks out film it like if he starts destroying stuff film it get that that is our content that we're going to use for this. Uh, so that, that's that's my only thoughts in this, just because it's hard for me to give the WWE enough creativity to be able to pull off something that elaborate. They've done stuff close. Uh, but I think at this point, and just the people involved... I don't think, uh, you know, it like I don't think the people involved with it uh, would all have kept quiet by now. Right. That's why I think it was it's, just Vince and Brett. It could be. Uh, what I want to happen is now that Gerald Briscoe is no longer with the WWE, uh, first of all, I want him to move back to Oklahoma. But second of all, <laughs> I want him to, like, do a tell-all, like, shoot interview. Uh, right. Gerald, if you're listening, I got the guy uh, perfect for you to sit up and do a shoot interview. But it's, like, I want him to be, like, okay, like, hey, I don't work for Vince McMahon anymore. Uh, The screw job is just to work. I've had to keep it Land- quiet. Landon, like, all you mic- need to hit him up over Twitter and be, like, let's do a podcast. Just don't tempt me. Dude, his – uh. Landon his over Instagram. here is about to
0: become the new Conrad.
2: Uh, I want to be better than Conrad, boy. I want to, <laughs> I want to be the new uh, Court Bauer. There you go. But yeah, that's anyway, my that's my thoughts on the Montreal screw job.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's something that we won't know the exact truth until Brett is on his deathbed. Like I could see Brett like getting ready to gasp his final air, and then he just goes the screw job was a work and then dies. (laughs) So, you know, like, or it's like in his will, you know, at his will reading.
1: I happen to have, I, I happen to own a DVD called the Montreal conspiracy.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. The Montreal. Yeah. I want to watch that. You were showing me that the 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 Montreal
1: theory. It comes with two discs. Um, Disc one, the official story. And disc to the theory, so I'm just saying we gotta get in on this and 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 watch watch this, see if anything else
0: pops up for us. So so are you saying that we need to do a watch along of that and the the uh, wrestling with shadows? Yes, 100. Okay, I think we do. Landon, what uh what wrestling did you watch? That I mean, that's what I what happened with my wrestling week. So.
2: I got to I got to be honest. Uh I haven't really watched much wrestling uh this week. I've listened to a ton of wrestling <laughs> uh interviews this week uh due to a certain uh potential career change uh this past week. But I will say uh I've thought about wrestling a whole lot uh <laughs> this week. It makes me like I was so excited to hear your take on one night stand RVD versus, uh, see me. Yeah. Jimmy. Like I was like chomping at the bit <laughs> and it just makes me think, and it goes back to what our big tangent earlier about give us reasons to watch and just right. thinking back on moments in my life to where it's like, not even, uh, like I knew wrestling was a work my entire fandom uh because growing up in an anti wrestling family, uh it was like anytime i was on TV someone would walk by and be like, you know what, fight fake, right? Why are you watching it? It's fake. It's like, well, like, why are you breathing right now?
1: Hey, hey, uh all movies are fake, but we still watch those.
2: Exactly. Dude politics are fake and we still <laughs> like we I mean, spit we wrap our entire lives around it. it. But I couldn't help this week, uh I would get on YouTube and just watch certain moments that I watched as a fan that drew me back in, if that makes sense. Like, not necessarily, like, it wasn't like, oh, kayfabe's alive. It's like, no, hang on, like, okay, like, I'm watching because I want to see how this plays out tonight, and I for sure want to know how it goes down this Sunday or next week and see what the consequences are. Totally. And it's like – I. I can't think of the last time I really got moments like that uh, in modern wrestling.
0: There hasn't been a whole lot. I mean, one night stand was definitely one of those. I think. I, I yeah. think like
1: the most I can say is that that's what AEW has been like. When last year when they were just doing pay per views before Dynamite started, I literally could not wait till the next time that they did a show because I I wanted so badly to see what was going to happen next who's going to debut next right. who's going to be like the secret you know person like after Moxley came out at double or nothing i mean it's just like all bets were off
2: especially with those over the budget battle royals oh totally like they were the best they the have to do one knew. at the
1: end of this month right
2: they they need to
0: <sighs> like I, go ahead jake I remember watching the first one at all in like we had that big bachelor party for me and uh, we watched all in and like, that was the night I became a Jordan grace fan. Cause she was in the over the budget battle Royal and like completely took it to all the dudes in the match. And I, for a second I was like, is, is she about to get an ROH world title shot? Like, but uh, just some of the people that they draw in you're like, I never thought in years I would see that guy on TV or that girl or whoever. And it's like that that's what AEW is kind of turned into is like what are they gonna do next? At least for me.
2: Yeah. And they've done real I think you you guys hit it the nail on the head with their pay per views are so good about that. For me, uh, it's still hard for me to get into weekly TV, I will still, like, I'll absolutely, like, be aware of everything that happened. But it's, like, it's really hard for me to, like, sit down and be like, okay, like, I can consume two hours of modern-day pro wrestling on weekly television, if I that get makes that. sense. That's
0: why AEW makes it really That's easy. That's why I DVR and fast foods are everything I don't
2: want to see. <laughs> Dude, I, I, like, this sounds bad. Like, the wrestling historian in me hates this. But it's like having the ability to start shows later, and yeah. fast forward through the stuff. Like I love it because like pay per views are like an most well, most WWE pay per views are like an hour long now to me, and I love it. Uh, and I long for the day when there's nothing skip worthy. Like going back to, and I feel this way about like the UFC. Uh, it's like, okay, you might have one attraction on the card that's worth watching. But it's like, what happened to the day? so where it's like, oh, like, opening match, New Age Outlaws versus the Headbangers. The, it's like, cool, like, that's going to be a, a cool match because everybody's established. Or it's like, oh, like, whoa, here's Gangrel versus Big Boss Man. Or here's, you know... Tajiri versus Jerry Lynn or something. Just like, whoa, like, there was something on the card for everybody, and you could find something about every match. Because, like, everybody was unique, if that makes sense.
1: I think it goes to, say, like, the difference in times that we're living in, which is, like, the people who are on top now have been on top for so long. Like, I mean, the obvious one is Roman Reigns. He's been around for so long. But, like, you think about how fast things moved in the Attitude Era. Like, there are so many things that were constantly popping up that were new that people cared about, you know? Right.
2: Yeah, and to, like, even go back to, uh, like, just this idea of we need more star power. And it's like, I don't know, like, just all across the board, like, whenever you – watch like every match on the card should feel different and it's like my biggest <clears throat> my biggest gripe with AEW and WWE like you can ask people around me like i am cool if i never see another six man tag in my life uh because it's like there's always one on AEW and if there's not one on raw there's definitely one on smackdown every week right and it's just like that's cool but it's like I need more substance, like, the bad thing about t- TV with wrestling is, like, how much filler there is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it's, like, I don't know, like, does that mean, like, is it better, do you risk the loss of money of airtime to shorten your product to have a better product and get higher ratings? Or do you just we, we talked about this last week, uh with the like WWE making or scheduled to make record profits this year. It's like, well, do you wanna make record profits because you're letting go of a lot of contracts and you're getting big T V deals, but you're also having the lowest ratings in history? Or by like buckling down and it's like, Hey, we're making smaller profits but where our ratings are higher than they've been in the past 10 years
0: i mean it's it's something it's it's a problem that definitely needs to be fixed i mean they got to figure out what they're what they want uh do they because vince doesn't push people because all oh, the ratings went down when drew mcintyre was champion. And so what do you want? Do you want ratings or do you want profits? Because supposedly you're having all time high profits that should show you that Drew McIntyre is a good champion, but you also have, you know, low ratings. So, so what, what, what do you want? Like, do you want high ratings? Do you want record profits? Do you want both? then, I mean, they need to start pushing people and making people, like we said last week, training wheels. Get rid of the training wheels. Like, they they got rid of the training wheels in the Attitude Era, and look what happened.
1: Let me ask this question.
2: What happens when Brock Lesnar retires from WWE? Then we're going to get guys like Carlito and Chris Masters (laughs) brought back in. Uh, like I'd say Shelton Benjamin, but he's already there. Like this would be the time, like when Brock Lesnar and Goldberg and Undertaker and Cena are gone. Then it's like, oh crap, uh, man, we don't even have Batista. Okay, we're gonna bring back Dolph Ziggler, or Yay. it's like we're gonna we're gonna bring back like. The thing is, is like they're running out of star power to that's effective to use and it's like i like i love them bringing back part-timers when they're used well right like we talked about this like oh like the raw reunions are cool but it's like like i'm tuning in because i want to see those people why can't i see them more often like you know maybe with the four million dollars they shelled out or they saved by cutting talent Last week, it's like why not use that to bring in somebody for x amount of appearances? Maybe even it's strictly TV. Like, hey, we're gonna use that four million dollars to bring in, say, you know, obviously we can't probably do Rock and Stone Cold for that price, but hey, what if I told you we could use this legend, right, for this? Like, hey, Ric Flair is gonna be general manager again. Uh, because he'll do anything for money, right. or it's like, hey, Hulk Hogan's gonna be the commissioner, and he's gonna come out on TV every four weeks or something, or he'll be backstage at the pay per views to talk to people. It's like WWE's proven they're not afraid to shell out the big money for star power, so it's like, why not? There's a different. There's a difference between oversaturation in being strategic.
0: Well, I mean, and and that's a problem because they've painted you 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 say let's use that 4 million to bring in whoever. They shouldn't have to bring in anyone. They should be spending that money developing the talent. That's what NXT's for. Developing the talent into stars instead of developing talent in NXT and they're over like Rover in that building and then bring them to Raw and go, and now Chad Gable, you're shorty G. No,
2: use them. There's that huge disconnect. And it's like my fear with NXT is like, really since about 2016, you saw it, NXT shift from being like, developmental meets indie to being fully indie uh to where like you know they're they're viewed as the third brand and it's like i think everyone in nxt has no problem putting on quality matches but it's like you need those larger than life personas that are gonna attract like that's what like dexter loomis rick boogs Killer cross Keith Lee those kind of guys to where it's like hey they can make you money give them the opportunity to make you money so it's not like oh well like we can keep doing Johnny Gargano versus Ciampa again or we can do killer cross versus Brock Lesnar or like hey who's gonna dethrone Goldberg as champion Dexter Loomis, and he's gonna zip Goldberg up in a body bag and drag him off. Two Two words, two words. Matt Riddle. Dude, exactly. Like you have these stars, and I don't know if it's like a gatekeeper issue or what, but it's like having the people that can do it given the opportunity to be moved to that spotlight. Because it's like you go back to the Royal Rumble this year when Keith Lee comes out and Brock Lesnar's like, whoa, that's a, that's a big old boy. Like, in that one moment, Brock Lesnar gave Keith Lee the rub and made him a star because Brock Lesnar sold, like, hey, that's a viable well, threat. Well, and I think also... Yeah. With, and with like, one
0: look on his face.
1: <laughs> I think one of the things that I find interesting is the people who were the NXT, like, all-stars, right? Like, the... Like, for instance, Seth Rollins, like, obviously, the Duke can work. Tyler Black on the Indies was incredible. Like, but he's been so WWE-atized that I couldn't care less if I wanted to about what he does next.
2: Right. Right. And I think a lot of that comes with their creative process, and you have people that don't know how to write for those characters. And, like, you hear it from guys like Stone Cold and Chris Jericho all the time uh, when they're talking to, especially, like, ex-WWE guys where it's like, man, like, I go back and they hand me a promo. It's like, they don't know what gets Stone Cold over. I do. They don't know what gets Chris Jericho over. I do. And so it's like, you hear people talk about walking on eggshells and this has always been my thought uh, to where it's like are you in the WWE like a ricochet and you're just happy to be there like that's your lifelong dream like you're privileged to be on Raw or it's like right. I'm here in the WWE and like I want to be at the top I don't want to be at the bottom and it's like take those risks that get you in trouble to where it's like okay like I'm gonna I'm supposed to do this for a promo out in the ring live. I'm going to do what I want to get myself over and get my angle over, even if it costs me my job. Or it's like, Hey, like we're going to like steal the show with this match. Cause it's like, worst thing happens. You get fired and you leave a place where you weren't happy and you get to go make that fulfillment of being a wrestler. Cause then it's like, I think it comes down to like, do you want to be where you are because that's your dream and you want to be the, like, you're just happy to make that kind of money or are you there because it's like, you want to be larger than life? Kind of like a Brock Lesnar to where it's like, dude, Brock's 100% there to collect a paycheck. It just so happens like he can do a good job of it. But it's like, he's
0: willing to put people over.
2: Yeah. Versus like, when the WWE like, and Brock Lesnar disagree, like Brock Lesnar's not going to go to AEW because he wants to prove himself or like he wants to go there and be on top. He'll go there if they shell out the same amount of money that WWE was versus like somebody, and I love him to death, like an EC3 uh, or a Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins to where it's like, man, like why am I, like I didn't come to WWE uh, to sit and be paid. It's like, I want to do what I've wanted to do my whole life, and that's be a wrestler. Like, I want to be a superstar.
0: I mean, it's gotten to the point where you don't come to WWE to be a wrestler. You come to WWE to collect a paycheck, or because You're... it's been your, your biggest dream in, in your whole life.
2: Yeah. Like, I think that, like, with... AJ Styles and Shinsuke, AJ's done a way better job. But it's like the end of your stage, come to WWE make as much money right. as you can and retire. Like Shinsuke, like everyone online is like, "Oh yeah, he's just like an old guy who just wants to surf and he's just getting as much money as he can before he spends the rest of his life surfing
0: and he doesn't have to work as hard."
2: Totally. Yeah. Which it's like if it's like if you're in that stage of your career, awesome, but it's like you think of guys like imagine Somebody like a John Cena or even a Roman Reigns to where it's like, hey, like, I'm not going to like speak up and ask for a shot to do something. I'm not going to be like with John Cena. It's like, hey, like, I'm not going to Stephanie heard me freestyling and she wants to know if I can do this on TV. I'm not going to push for that uh, because I'm only going to do what they tell me to do look how drastically different that would be versus Cena like well like I'm probably going to get fired here in a couple of months so it's either I take a risk and bet on myself right or just like okay cool
0: I mean that's that's what it is is there's no it doesn't seem like there's anybody in WWE that's willing to take a risk anymore Bray Wyatt Bray Wyatt is probably one of the only ones, but, like, we talked about people getting over. I was all for Braun Strowman taking the strap for a long time. It was like... Four years ago. Yeah. And then, like, at the height of his power, tag team with Nicholas! Like, yeah. I mean, it's just... I. We end up ragging on WWE. It, it's only because we love this company, and like, literally, I'm wearing a WWE hat. Yeah, right I mean, I th- I think like
1: it's we want it to be totally. Great. I think for me, um, you know, I try to stay positive about things. I try to stay positive in the sense of um, like having l- like like a, a podcast that we love is obviously Triple W. Um and and they always say like like you know, watch like like what you like basically like watch what you want to watch, and I find it interesting, Landon, that you brought up, uh, the whole idea of like, um, like, or or maybe it was you, Jake, who said like you don't go to WWE to be a wrestler anymore, right? And and I right. Yeah, That's it, yeah, I, I said yeah, that. Yeah, and bit so ago. I, I think it's super interesting. My wife is um, a wrestling fan along with me, um, but she's mainly watched AEW stuff and WWE stuff, and we w- there was a little bit there that we were watching like Total Divas and and stuff like that together just for fun or whatever, and um, she looked at me like not a, a few days ago and said were the bellas really bad at wrestling
0: <laughs> and <laughs> they were for a long time
1: and i was like well yes <laughs>
2: yes 100 <100%. laughs> unless you unless you're corporate wwe so, yes
0: she, well i mean they were they were bad for a long time and then at the end of their career they got good they didn't become charlotte and no. becky lynch and all these hot workers that are out there now no, but, but like they were better yeah and so i i like definitely was like yeah and
1: like she was a fan of the bellas i think still is and um is you know coming i think she's she would probably like you know yell at me for even talking about this or whatever but whatever um not not really but she like has coming to that realization of like Oh, like I'm a fan of them, but that doesn't mean they're a good wrestler. But I think that's what WWE right. allows. I am still able to be fans of people who aren't great wrestlers. And I I I I, I right. will say I I will give WWE credit in that. I really really enjoy that part of it because sometimes there's people who aren't great and I just want to see them go out there and and do their thing. For instance, you know, right. like a Big Show. Obviously, he's not the best wrestler in the world, but I enjoy that. So that that's my counterpoint to that is that that I I, mean, I enjoy sometimes I enjoy the 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 WWE ness
0: of it all. I mean this guy is personified right here. I'm holding up a Hulk Hogan. Landon, I, I know you gotta go. Do you want to go you ahead wanna, and give you your plugs plug and we'll brother? uh
2: yeah I will uh we'll start <coughs> I wrapping jump this up for you because uh I'm gonna go make some towns uh real quick via the internet. Amen. Uh, But Jimmy and Jake, uh, they're going to take you guys uh, home in a little bit, but I'm going to go ahead and jump in and do my plugs. So, uh, hinted about it. I've got some exciting news in regards to a partnership I'm kind of in the midst of setting up with a really well-known guy in the wrestling interview world, and I hope that soon I can go public about it, uh, maybe find a way to, uh, interview him or get him on Brothers That'd and K-Fabe. Oh, uh, man. Maybe. But I just want to say to any of you listening, like, hey, like, we're three guys who wanted a good wrestling podcast. So we created one. And if you're somebody who wants to start a podcast, uh, you can reach out to me all of my social media and my email is LandonBumgarner at gmail.com. Landon Bumgarner on all forms of social media. Uh, allow me to make your podcast dreams come true. Like I said, Jimmy and Jake true. are going to keep going on to keep you guys entertained. Um, but, guys, I'm going to go ahead and give you a too sweet uh, while you guys keep hanging out. Too sweet,
0: out. brother. Too sweet, bro. See you next week, boys. You keep going. Um, I just want to – but like what I was saying, we talk about bad wrestlers. Like, oh, do you have something I was for just Landon? Say real quick that the
1: whole idea about making your podcast dream come true is is true because he did it for my wife and I with our podcast, which I'll plug at the end of the episode. But, um,
0: he literally went from having no podcast to two podcasts two pod- in like the span yes, of a week,
1: and I, I couldn't be happier. So hit Landon up if you need something,
0: for sure. And here I am on my fourth <laughs> podcast, and Landon has been integral to I, all I will, four of I those podcasts. I will also say I listened so. to
1: an episode of Simply Technical today, which was one of Landon's other podcasts that he works on, and uh, it's very good
0: stuff. I need to listen to him. Very good stuff. Like, you were talking yeah. about, like, we, sometimes we just need to watch a bad wrestler do their thing. Absolutely. And, like, Hulk Hogan was a bad wrestler. Yeah. But... He was a great entertainer, and, you know, there are room, f- there's room for that. We can't all be Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and, you know, these incredible workers that bump all over the place and can make everything look like it's, you know, a five-star classic. But, like, as a wrestling fan, we've got to accept better than what we're accepting right now.
1: I agree. I think like don't get me wrong i i'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate with it but i do think that right that there are parts of the wwe program that i enjoy which is sort of some of the the silliness um right. but th- there is there is there should be higher quality we should demand higher quality as fans and i think i think a lot of fans do and i think like like I, I'll say I'll go ahead and say it that if WWE was making consistent quality programming that was really really good, I think AEW probably wouldn't nice. have happened in the way that it did. Because I mean, you you all, I mean, y- I'm sure everyone who's listening, if you haven't heard the stories, I mean, it's literally, I mean, there was, a, the the legend goes that the young Bucks and Kenny Omega were sitting in a room together and they were going, well, I guess this is it, I guess we're signing to WWE, you know, and when another yeah. opportunity presented itself they were able to go do that but it's just i i i'll put it this way which may be kind of weird as a wrestling fan but if if i could just watch WWE programming and get everything i personally need out of wrestling i'd be happy like i'd be could happy you? like I I I want to like what they're putting out, and I like some of it, but I just think, and maybe this all goes back to that whole idea of like corporation buying WWE. Maybe it would it would do good. Maybe I I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm conflicted, Jake. I'm conflicted.
0: I don't I don't think it would be a bad thing. I mean, like I said. If a, if, if a sports company buys WWE you're going to have a more sports era oriented product I'm not saying they're going to get rid of everything because it's not sports but like because there's room for everything Which in wrestling like. and like you said if WWE was being consistent and like hey it's not 5 star Matt classics, Meltzer's all over the place but Every show is enjoyable. Yeah, sometimes we get a uh, a a spot in the show that's just like eh, whatever. But like if it was back to where you had to tune in each week or you missed out. Yeah. Like I'd be happy. Now, I know that's a lot to ask. But like shows get canceled if they aren't that way. At what point do you think there's a reason why Lost got canceled?
1: Hey, watch it. Watch
0: it. <laughs> hey, there's a reason why The Walking Dead should be canceled right. because, like, four seasons ago, it just got to, hey, what's going on, guys? Oh, look at zombies. zombies over there. Yeah, I think we should go deal but with I, this, dude. I, that's like,
1: why I think, and this is the the this is a much larger conversation. I am a fan of storytelling when it is done to its finest which i think storytelling done to its finest is we have an idea the end of that idea is this we're going to get there by doing a b and c right instead right. of you know got to take him on a ride uh <laughs> you know right. is like yeah right. we got to swerve right. every 3 seconds or whatever but you know For instance, one of my favorite comic book series of all time is Tom King's Mr. Miracle. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And it was a story that he knew he was going to tell over 12 issues. Right? It's the same thing with wrestling. If you have a thing of, hey, we're going to build up this star and he's going to get the belt from this person because we have... Okay, long-term storytelling. Batista, Triple H, last year's WrestleMania... That was perfect long term, long term storytelling from in my eyes. Like, like wasn't the best no. match in the world. It wasn't, um, you know, the most exciting build even. But you started it at cool. SmackDown 1000, and you were able to go and and have that that experience of of telling that right. entire
0: story, which was great. Well, look at this. Like, look at um, so CM Punk walks out right, and. That whole situation. They... I, It ended up being long-term storytelling. This wasn't where they were going. But like... Sometimes the, the world aligns... And things work out perfectly... How you want them to. And you didn't even tend to get there. So... Daniel Bryan gets screwed by the authority... At SummerSlam... The second he wins the WWE title. He just... Overcame everything. He's the WWE champion... You know, he's he's the new star, Triple H pedigree's him, we're off to the races. Then they dump the storyline. For whatever reason, I don't know. They go with, well, uh, Daniel Bryan has a uh, long beard, he should be with the Wyatts. You know, they all have long beards, so does Daniel Bryan. Well then, Daniel Bryan gets the opportunity that CM Punk just walked out. And now they need that top worker, that guy that can bump all over the place and can make you believe that he is tapping that person out. And the yes movement starts. Like, you could not deny Daniel Bryan's popularity going into SummerSlam. And it was still there going into WrestleMania season. So, and then it culminates. Like, and that's... That's even talking about a three-month storyline. Imagine yeah. what they would have done if they meant to do that from the very beginning when they went to totally. Summerslam. He fights against the authority. It's the classic Stone Cold yeah. move.
1: I think. I think. I just want to see. Like I, I talk about it on date bit a lot, which is I play video games for the story elements. Mm. I watch wrestling for the story. I mean, I love watching a great match. Don't get me wrong, but that is the thing that keeps me keeps right. me drawn there.
0: Well, I mean, I can tell that just by listening to some of the stuff totally. you watch and the stuff that you gravitate towards. It's usually a match that has great storytelling, like One Night Stand. You loved that match because there was a story through the whole totally. thing. Cody and Dustin at uh, Double or Nothing. Right. One of the best stories right. of any you know, match ever. <laughs> Hangman Page and his beer. We all know. <laughs> like <laughs>
1: uh, It's good stuff. But...
0: You know, I just want I just want good wrestling and I want good stories. Absolutely. Like I could have wrestling without the stories. I probably wouldn't be as interested in it. But like I'm also a guy that likes sports. There's a lot of wrestling fans that don't like sports I don't for whatever sports.
1: reason. I'm not I'm not a sports so, guy, so I'm I'm the uh, yeah. I'm the odd man
0: out on that one. But if you look at sports, there's always a story yeah. there too. So you can even play it that way. You can have a heavily b- sports-based po- product like New Japan, and there's still a story.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what
0: I would love so, to see, personally. But you know, uh, we could go on we and could. on about it all day long. But should know, we? Should we wrap? Should we bring this it,
1: thing home? Should we? Uh,
0: should we wait until next week when we can have our our, our good friend Landon back? The, our, we're missing a brother. I know one of the brothers is gone. He was here for. Three quarters he had of an to, episode, he had to go but like.
1: The, uh, defend the title in the uh,
0: foreign territory, you know? You know, he's working two territories right saying. now. He's, he's, busy, he's busy. I mean, you know.
2: <laughs> but, um, well,
0: man, go uh, we'll yeah, go into I plugs. Was let's, say, uh, let's go ahead and bring it home. I mean, if you got something yeah, else to say, i was going to go
1: ahead and just give a couple plugs. Um, one of them is. Um, I would like to shout out uh, my other podcast, the Date Bit podcast. My wife and I are talking about video games. We just put up an episode about us playing through the first two Assassin's Creed games, which was um, a blast. And um,
0: I, I gave it a Meltzer, oh, by the you, way. Jake. I really appreciate that. I enjoyed, I thank enjoyed you. it and a lot.
1: Funny enough, our next episode is actually over-lost, so you can go ahead and give that a one-star if you're that. <laughs> If you're that, uh...
0: Why do you think I shouted out I Lost know. right there? Like, I, I had uh, to.
1: So, yeah, we talk... So, this last one we talked about, Assassin's Creed, that one's up. Um We upload our podcast on Tuesdays, which is the same as this one. So, when you're hearing this, you're probably going to be able to listen to our Lost episode, too. And my wife, it's her favorite show of all time. And her first tattoo she ever got was of the Lost Numbers. So... uh basically listen to that to uh, just hear someone head over heels about lost which is i think a fantastic show still um and then i want to give another shout out to um to another podcast and uh that is called uh kick the cool uh there's an old g- there's a there's a old friend of mine uh who started a podcast um and he him and his siblings talk about they they review things so basically they just um pick a topic and review said topics it's pretty goofy it's fun they they did review wrestling already i think that was episode 5 and they all uh, i believe michael uh or he goes by wopsle his review was he gave it an ooh yeah so so it's good 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 <laughs> stuff but um and then obviously as always, um, shout out to the Best Movie Ever podcast, because I got I to gotta catch up on my episodes of that one. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a little behind,
0: so. Well, you know, the the uh, Blazing Saddles episode is I gotta, up. I got to listen to it. Um, so. I'm excited. Go listen. Go listen to Blazing Saddles. You know, watch the movie, too, if you want to, but, like, you know... I, I need to do like straight up watch alongs on that podcast where like people can actually watch the movie yeah, with that'd, me. That'd be fun. Like go go listen to Best Movie Ever. Um you can find me on Twitter at Real Jake Keel. Um you can find uh I think I've got that across all social media uh, now. So if y'all wanna follow me, I don't know why. I just retweet people all the time. Um Go go follow us on twitter yeah. like we're putting up some wrestling content i'm gonna start putting up some videos like personal videos um that's b kayfabe the letter b then kayfabe um and you know make sure you subscribe to the podcast because then it'll send you a little notification every time we we Heck put up yeah. an episode like i get a notification every time Datebit bit puts up an yeah. episode I go in, I like it, I subscribe, I review, go do it. It's, it's the easiest thing and it helps us. Like it helps us make bigger uh, audiences. And so like, once we have bigger audiences, we can start making more content, you know, and possibly make even cooler content, like, you know, going to shows and reviewing shows while we're there or like, you know, I even have some ideas that I'm going to throw around to Jimmy, you know, for that. I've already thrown some of them over to Landon. But, like, um, I'm going to put up a Facebook group. If you have friends that are wrestling fans, go add them to the Facebook group. They don't have to listen to the podcast. We just prefer that they listen to the podcast. But, you know, we want to talk to people and talk about what they like. And, you know, we want to talk to people about what they like in wrestling. Totally. I will say, like, also,
1: you know, some of my favorite parts of uh, podcasts ever are, like, Q and A's. So, like, hit us up with some questions all, over on Twitter or right Facebook group. Get started. Like, I, I'm ready. I want to do some. I want to answer some questions. You know,
0: maybe we can do like a monthly Q and A where we just build that stuff up and you know do like at least at the beginning. You know, do do one a month yeah. or whatever. I'd be but, that'd like, be super cool. I've even toyed around with putting up the Patreon. I think it'd be it'd be good. I think it'd be good. And keeping it like a dollar tier, yeah, you know, making it to where we can uh you know maybe you can watch the show as we record it, I don't know i we just want to talk to wrestling fans and enjoy That's wrestling true. with other fans, so I mean you know we're all brothers in k it's not Amen. just us three, we we're all have brothers, brothers, and brothers. sisters in k you know we're kind of like the Dudleys. <laughs> We're kind of like the Dudleys. There's there's Dudleys all around. There's brothers all around. There's sisters all around. So, it. all right, man. Well, that's if that's it, it, for it for you, I I think we need to uh, hit it with some two sweets two. on the way out. And everybody, stay home, stay safe, and uh, two a sweet. Two See you guys.